those up, Swindon fans. But you're not there yet. Welcome to episode 83 of Together, a Brighton Hove Albion podcast. My voice is still wrecked from the Arsenal game, uh, but we will press on. Um, and speaking of the Arsenal game, uh, you know, if Carlsberg did weekends, um, it wouldn't have got much better than this one. Uh, with Brighton winning and every team around us taking one point combined uh, with the draw Watford got against Leicester. Um, also worth noting that Watford are the team with the easiest running too, right? They've got some very easy fixtures coming up uh, compared to the likes of us, uh, Bournemouth and West Ham. Um, we were left in a in a very, very good position heading into today's game um, against Leicester. <clears throat> I believe uh, and have always believed one point per game would be enough. Um, if you look back at previous Premier League tables, uh, I saw a stat recently that I believe said that you would have an 81% chance, um, maybe a little bit more, of survival if you were to gain one point per game. Um, if you look more recent seasons, um, it's almost 100%, um, especially since the advent of serious Premier League money came in um, in the early 2010s. So going into game 31 of the season... Against Leicester City, we were on 32 points, one point ahead of schedule, and we were also coming off our first win of 2020. Things were absolutely locking up, and a trip to the King Power, where we typically don't do too badly at all, um, it was going to be very interesting to see how this Albion team would perform away from home, uh, with no fans and no pressure, uh, kind of coming from the outside, so... Uh, we will get a look at that, but I want to go over a couple of things that have happened since we last spoke. Um, and to be honest, I'm surprised we even have one thing, right? We we had some good results and that's about it. But a couple of things I definitely want to talk about. Um, Bournemouth. Bournemouth got beat this weekend uh, off of Crystal Palace. Um, very, very rare am I someone who is cheering for Crystal Palace, as I'm sure you all are the same. Um but I found myself very happy indeed as they scored their second goal. Um, and they thoroughly deserved it. Uh, I've seen a fair bit of Palace on the TV in recent you know, recent games where they were cranking out 1-0 wins. And every single one of those 1-0 wins didn't look convincing at all. Um, but this one did. And it's more down to just how bad Bournemouth look um, as opposed to how good Palace did. Uh, Bournemouth were terrible. And... With their running, um, you know, it's it's getting to a point soon where they have a game tomorrow um, at 6 o'clock your time in the UK and 1 o'clock Eastern time, um, so you can do the maths for anything else. Uh, but they are, you know, they have Wolverhampton Wanderers away tomorrow, um, a team that are in sixth place and pushing. 
And that is not a team that you imagine are going to allow them to just waltz in there and take a result. Um, you know, at that point, you've got to think Wolves are very much um, the favourite to come away with a win there. Uh, Bournemouth are 13 goals behind us. Um, so, you know, if we play less, uh, Liverpool and Man City and both of them pound us 5 nothing, uh, like the game on Monday, we're still three goals ahead of Bournemouth before they even play the rest of these games. Um, you know, goal difference-wise, we're in an incredibly good spot uh, with Watford, West Ham, Bournemouth, Villa and Norwich below us. Uh, the closest team to us on goal difference is Watford, and they're still 10 behind. Um, you know, I think we're in a really great spot, and Bournemouth are in a lot of trouble. Um, and after today, uh, having just finished the West Ham game, uh, West Ham don't look much better off either. They look like a team that had already given up with the last 15 minutes to go today. Um, and they, they're going to be in a lot of trouble too if they don't buck their ideas up. Um, so, I mean, we're in a great spot. We've, we've taken points and nobody else is. So, great stuff. Um, something else to talk about, Leeds United. Um, I just want to dedicate maybe 10 seconds to laughing at Leeds. Um, they are looking at throwing away their next promotion. Um, they play Fulham this weekend coming. Uh, and if they were to lose that, their gap f from uh, from third to second goes to four points. Um, and that could be a, uh, a wonderful thing to behold, um, especially with their attitude throughout quarantine. Um, it could be a truly wonderful situation unfolding before us. Um, and let's just all keep our fingers crossed for Fulham at the weekend because it would just be so funny. Um, and the final thing really is uh, the, the, the story everybody talked about yesterday. Um, Burnley and their White Lives Matter nonsense. Um, I can't say I'm surprised. I'm surprised that... <clears throat> I'm surprised that anybody is surprised at this point. Uh, Burnley are the most racist town I have been to in the UK in a long time. Um, they, you know, even when I didn't go, uh, I would listen on, you know, Seagulls player or whatever. Um, and the amount of times that Johnny Cantor had to apologize for either outright racist or homophobic language being used behind him. Um, and this isn't like nothing, none of it's harmless. Right. But like, this isn't like just some like stupid man calling someone a puff or something like that. This is like full on vitriol, like words that would have this podcast taken off the air if I said them. Um, and to to have all 20 teams play across the Premier League uh, in the space of a weekend, of course, it's going to be Burnley putting up a racist banner. Um, you know, <laughs> it doesn't shock me. It does, it's, it does disappoint me that we still have the kind of people that feel that way. Um, you know, while I, I people who, who want to go on the White Lives Matter stuff clearly are, they're either being willfully ignorant at this point or they are stupid. Um, and if you're one of those people, then, you know, I'm not sorry either because it's just silly at this point. You could have done one second of reading as opposed to sending a friggin' aeroplane over a stadium that isn't even yours. Not even their home stadium. They flew it over Manchester, the absolute idiots. And uh, yeah, I just thought it would be worth mentioning that they really are just absolute bellends, aren't they? Um, 
Oh, uh, it's a shame that Burnley aren't closer to the drop zone because I think they may be in big trouble um, if they were because I can't see them doing particularly well for the rest of the season. Uh, I think they're a team that are going to suffer big time without a crowd um, as opposed to, you know, potentially teams like us, which I'll bring up a little bit later, um, not being too, too damaged by it. So moving on to the game itself, um, once again, uh, I believe that the evolution of the Premier League Graham Potter managerial career is continuing. Um, today, we continue to evolve, adapt, overcome, um, and this time it was against a current top four side. And they are well worthy of that top four status. But we went in there, we played our game, and we did incredibly well. Um, I do believe Leicester were really poor today. Um, but I think that's due to a mix of us making them look poor and them just not performing at their best. Um, the lineup when it came out was incredibly interesting. Uh, I thought it was looking like a diamond um, with Stevens in that kind of defensive midfield role and Maka up top. Um, and some of the time it was, but then sometimes it became a midfield three um, with Stevens in like a defensive midfield role and then a flat midfield three in front of him. Um, and then sometimes it became a pretty narrow 4-2-2-2. Um, the type that Watford did so well with last year, with Maka out kind of that central attacking midfield left, and Moy on the right, and then Stevens um, and Bissouma behind him. Um, and to me, you know, the adaptability, once again, is just such a strength in the side. Uh, we were a team without a plan B for a long, 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 long time. And now we have multiple. Um, you know, there are times when it really shows. And today was one of them. Um, and, you know, I think it was a really, a really bold lineup. Um, and it paid off. Um, we were, once again, counter to, you know, Potter's past happy to concede possession. Um, last time we played Leicester... At home, we had 52% of the ball and lost 2-0. Both goals are on the counter-attack. Both classic Leicester goals that, at the time, I remember saying showed Potter's naivety. Um, today, Potter and his blue and white stripes let Leicester have 66% of the ball. And boy, oh boy, did they look toothless doing it. Uh, the way Leicester play, play you know, we're not, we're not strangers to Leicester City. You know, ever since they won the title... Uh, no matter how much people have tried to change it and how many managers they've had, uh, they still inherently rely on Jamie Vardy counter-attacking to create big chances. We prevented that for the entire 90 minutes today. Not only that, but of the 587 passes Leicester City did today, they only attempted 138 in our attacking third. Compare that to us. We had 290 passes today, 77 in their, th in their final third. We got the ball up the quick pitch quicker. We were much more direct. And the pairing of Mopai and Connolly works perfect for that style. We were almost, I mean, we almost out-Lestered Leicester, right? Like, not many teams can say they did that. Um, you know, they came away with 11 shots to our nine. Uh, Eleven of seven of those shots uh, were considered actual chances to our five. The game was tight, and you know if you take away the possession piece, um, there's not much to be picked out between the two teams. And one of them is a Champions League team, and the other one is battling relegation right now. I think that says a lot for the mentality this team have had since going under the uh, the quarantine. 
I think that our mindset is incredibly impressive to continue doing it. Um, you know, I think that there's other pieces here, seven corners to their six. Um, really, this stat to me shows just how much of a defensive battle this was. Um, we had seven corners to their six. So there was 13 corners today. Not a single one of those 13 corners hit their target. So not a single one of those 13 corners hit their teammates. Every single one of them was defensively cleared. Um, to me, it was a defensive masterclass today from both sides. Stalwart defending, old school stuff, no nonsense. Uh, you know, I thought Dunk, Duffy, Soyuncu, Webster when he was on, and uh, Evans all did a, a fantastic job. Um, and, you know, I think that that was really why it became a bit of a boring affair, um, because both defenses were very impressive. Um, once again, like Arsenal, uh, the ability for us to elude tackles continues. This was not something that was uh, prevalent prior to the lockdown, um, but only 59% of Leicester's tackle attempts came off. So just over half of their attempted tackles actually worked out. The rest of them, we eluded them. Um, compare that to 72% for us. Either we were better at tackling or we were better at picking our moments. Um, the, key, the key fact being here that the Albion are getting better and better at keeping the ball um, in attacking situations. Uh, and I think that says a lot against a team like Leicester who are not afraid to press and try and take the ball off you. Um, next up, flashpoints. So let's talk about some of the flashpoints. Um, there are not many here, was there really? Um, let's talk about the main one, the penalty. Was it a penalty first and foremost? Um, I've seen people say yes. I've seen people say no. Uh, I think it was. I'm obviously biased. Uh, and I've seen, but I've seen softer penalties given. Um, and I've seen worse, worse tackles not. But I think the fact is the player gets absolutely none of the ball and all of Aaron Connolly. Um, and it wasn't like Aaron had kicked the ball miles away. Uh, that ball was still very much at his feet. And without that player's interference, you would hope to believe um, that Aaron Connolly is having a shot and hopefully on target, right? Um, so I think, I think it was a penalty. And... You know, I think it was the right decision. Uh, I think that's the second time now that Aaron Connolly has won a penalty for us. I believe that we, that's only our second penalty of the season. Both have been won by him. Um, and I think he's doing a great job. My immediate reaction when we got it was Kasper Schmeichel's going to save it. He's a big lad. His dad's Peter Schmeichel. I always just associate him with decent penalty savers, even though the, the stats say they're not excellent. I feel like they should be. Um and Mopai, you know, terrible pen, but it is what it is. It was definitely a penalty. Um, and, you know, you still have to dive the right way to save it. So good for him. Um, next up, the Webster injury. Uh, not sure what that was there. Uh, some The commentators said it was a hamstring, but it looked to me like he was holding his calf. Um, so, I mean, it could be anything really at this point, right? He didn't look happy about it, but was able to walk off under his own strength. So... Hopefully, um, we have a week now between this game and Manchester United. Hopefully, Webster can rest it up, see exactly what's going on and get back to full fitness quickly. Hopefully, it's just a dead leg or, you know, just a kick or something horrible we got there. Um, but, it, you know, it's not ideal to have to make a change like that with 24 minutes on the clock. Um, so, 
Duffy came in, thought he did a good job. Um, the next two flashpoints, and these are really it. There's not much more after this. Uh, the Wilfred and Didi tackle. Um, Two-footed, off the ground, no control, into Tarek Lamptey. To me, was a red card. Um, and I'm surprised that VAR didn't even take a look at it. Uh, the referee did give him a yellow. At least he got bucked for it. Uh, but on replay, on upon a replay, it was it was a really bad challenge. And to me, I think he's very, very lucky to have got away with what he did there. Um, and, you know, ironically, the other flashpoint is Dale Stevens' tackle, uh, like, five minutes later. Um, I thought that tackle was also very bad. Um, and I also think that he probably should have been sent off, too. Um, I think it's one of those things that it was bizarre to me to think that this is the kind of thing I expect VAR to be there for, right? VAR is there to look at these questionable, questionable moments um, and, you know, take action on them. And when you have two tackles around 10, 15 minutes apart, I think, um, and, you know, not even 10, 15 minutes, it was two minutes apart. And the total time looking at it was around five seconds by VAR. You know, they took one quick glance at Dale Stevens's tackle and said, nah, it's fine. And didn't even look at Ndidi's. Um, to me, we could have easily been playing 10 v 10. I think they were both incredibly reckless challenges, really poor. And both of them are lucky to have been on the pitch. Um, which again, kind of just leads me back to what, what is, what is VAR doing? You know, what do they do? What don't they do? Because nobody seems to know because that seems to have been the perfect time for VAR to take a look at something and they didn't. So who knows? It will be forever a mystery. Um, and I can't anticipate it getting any better with the, uh, with the next season coming around. You know, I think it's going to be just as stupid. Um, player stats. Let's talk about a couple of the key players, or at least players to look at today. Uh, Mopai. Um, hero to zero. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's not. I don't mean it. Um, how the turntables, though, right? The, piss, the penalty was a piss poor one. Um, came away from the game with two shots, one on target, one key pass, one tackle. Uh, he did win two fouls, second most. Um, I thought he did okay today, but... That penalty was really poor. Um, his previous penalty was straight down the middle, I believe. Pretty solid pen. This one, um, you know, I, from the moment he started running up, I knew he was going to go bottom left looking from Mopai's angle. So looking as if he were Mopai. He, I knew he was going bottom left. And it wasn't even close to the corner. It was bloody terrible. Um... You know, I, it it just wasn't good enough. Good save by by Schmeichel, but good grief. Um, somebody else to talk about the other striker that made his uh, start, Aaron Connolly. Um, thought he played really well. Um, I think he's. It's a weird thing to say, I think, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think he's starting to look like the player that's going to replace Glenn Murray um, in terms of winning free kicks further up the pitch and winning fouls that we possibly shouldn't win. Um, he won three fouls today, more than anyone else, and one of them was a penalty. Uh, this is the third game he has started in a row now. So his last three Premier League starts, uh, he has all ended the game. He has ended all three of those games the most fouled player on the pitch. Fast, 
small, low center of gravity. He's got it all. Like he's got it all um, for one of those players that is going to be a problem for defenders trying to keep themselves on their feet. Um, and I think that he played well today. I think he probably executed the plan exactly how Graham Potter wanted him to execute it. And, you know, I think he's going to play a very important role in the next, you know, coming weeks. Um, I thought he was excellent. And a player with that kind of pace and that youth behind him and that energy and that ambition, um, like I said, I think he's going to be a big asset to us for that last, uh, you know, seven games. So happy he got a start. I think he deserved a start. Um, and well done him. Somebody else, uh, I wanted to talk about Bisuma. thought he looked tired today. Um, I'm not surprised either. You know, I thought he was very tired. I thought he looked... After that first couple of, you know, first half, I thought he was done. Um, he still did a good defensive job, though. Came away with a tackle, three interceptions, which was the most, more than anybody else. Uh, two clearances. Um, Bisuma, you know, he, he had a successful dribble, which isn't something he's been doing much lately because he's been kind of kept back. Um, but I thought he did well. Um, and I think, you know, I think he probably could have done with going off at half time. Um, now, his substitution, Davy Proper, my goodness, what a substitution he was today. He looked imperious, didn't he? He just, he looked quick. He looked incisive. His passes were crisp. Um, I thought he was an excellent substitution at just the right time. And it went from Leicester being very dominant to them going on the back foot a little bit for a good 10 minutes because David Proper caused them all end of problems with the ability to pick a counter-attack and pass. Um, I thought he was really good. Uh, I thought the game kind of bypassed Alexis McAllister today as well after the first half hour. Um, I thought he was excellent that first half hour. Sorry, I need to take a drink. Um, for that first half hour, I thought he was tremendous. I thought that we were playing that uh, interlinking football, especially up top. Um, there was, you know, a fair bit of attacking and we were keeping it on the ground a lot. And McAllister, his first touch is phenomenal. Uh, his ability to pick out a pass is wonderful. He has speed. Um, I thought he was really good for that first half hour and then kind of dropped off, um, as it became more of a kind of long ball game for the Albion. Um, unsurprisingly that hurt somebody like McAllister playing in that sort of central attack and midfield role. There's not much use for a central attacking midfielder um, when the ball is constantly going over the lad's head. So, you know, I thought he played well um, and I definitely like what I see. Uh, I just think he could have done better uh, if he was in a, you know, a play style that fitted him today. Um, somebody else as well uh, to give a quick, quick shout out to because I said he was terrible last time. Aaron Moy, I thought, did well today. Uh, three title tackles, joint first, two interceptions, second place in that one, a clearance. Um, and, you know, offensively, he came forward to, took a shot, had a key pass. You know, I thought he did pretty well. Um, and I think he was a lot better today than he was against Arsenal. Um, but his set pieces are still bad. <laughs> I hate his set pieces so much. They, I like set pieces with a bit of pace on them. And if they're not going to be pacey, they need to be pinpoint accurate. And he's not got either. Um, so, yeah, not great. But the man I think we all want to talk about here, my man of the match, almost definitely your man of the match, Tarek Lamptey. Tarek Lamptey got his first start today at right back. His job today 
was to deal with Damari Gray, Harvey Barnes, Jamie Vardy, and, you know, and Kelechi Iheanacho, right? <laughs> and Ben Chilwell while he's there. Why not? Um, and I think he did it with aplomb. He was my man of the match by a country mile. Uh, he had the most touches of anybody in the entire team with an 81.8% pass accuracy rating. Only three players had a better one, and none of them, all of them were subs. So only three players had a better pass accuracy than Tariq. That was Adam Webster, Davy Proper, and Solly March. Two of them came on for half an hour, and one of them went off after 23 minutes. Phenomenal. Just phenomenal. Uh, offensively, he was dangerous. Five successful dribbles offensively today, more than anybody else on the team. I mean, it was it was th- two. It was comfortably more than anybody else. Um, it was more than anybody else on both sides by a mile. Um, you know, he won fouls. Uh, he was fouled um, defensively. He was imperious. Uh, three tackles, joint first. Uh, four clearances third place uh i thought he was just excellent and when your job towards the end of the game especially is to try and mark jamie vardy in case of counter-attack and you outpace and outstrength jamie vardy to the ball not once but twice you are a very talented young fullback 19 years old Tarek lamptey and he was a beast today I thought he was man of the match by a country mile. I can't wait to see more of him. Um, I think he is going to be used very specifically, um, you know, and I think that's the right choice. Uh, but I think he was just absolutely fantastic. Um, unbelievable. You know, what more can you ask for from a debut than that? Um, going forward, you know, Manchester United up next. Uh, I would imagine we probably won't see Lamptey. Um, against Manchester United. I have a feeling we may well see uh, Montoya against Manchester United. Um, he's traditionally done pretty well against United. Um, and I think we may end up playing Lamptey for Norwich to do the same thing that we've just done today. Um, I think he will be asked to essentially keep out players like Buendia, uh, like Byram, um, like, uh, what's his name, Max Ahrens. Uh, I think his job is going to essentially be destroying people with pace because he is so quick. Um, I thought he was phenomenal and very happy indeed. Uh, A point is fantastic. Uh, We now are, you know, six points clear of the drop zone. Uh, Essentially seven due to goal difference. I know we still have Liverpool and Man City to play, which could get nasty. Um, But even then, these teams below us all have horrible games too. So, you know, I think we did incredibly well. A point from Leicester and three against Arsenal are just phenomenal. I think we've done incredibly well. Project Restart has uh, restarted our season quite literally. Um, we look a much better team and we shall see how we go forward. Uh, Manchester United next and then Norwich. Lots of games in between those. Uh, you know, West Ham have been beaten today. Uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers uh, have to beat Bournemouth tomorrow, hopefully. Villa will be playing tomorrow too. Norwich will be playing tomorrow as well. Uh, And then on Thursday, Watford play. Uh, And then Saturday and Sunday, we have Watford and Villa play again. So there's a fair few teams in there that are going to have played more games than us by the time we end up playing Manchester United. Um, And, you know, we may be in a spot where we're 
still comfortably ahead of them. So let's just keep it cracking. Um, and yeah, I will speak to you all this time next week with a voice. Um, I cannot believe that that Arsenal celebration has continued to wreck my voice four days on, but here I am. Um, and I will see you all next week for another episode of Together, a Brighton and Albion podcast. Be safe.